It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's officially 12.06, which means it is the lunch hour of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. That means one week from today, we will be down at the famous Firestone Country Club in Akron for the College Companies Championship. We will have live shots there on Tuesday and Wednesday for the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. But you can go as a fan for the rest of the week to see all your favorite senior PGA Tour players play in the famous Firestone Country Club College Companies Championship. Find all your information on tickets, free concerts, admission for kids, and all that fun stuff. At colleaguegolf.com. Hey, hey, Big Nuggets, remember I, remember I randomly started a rumor that we was going to be down there? Like, yeah. every, all the executives was like, I was like, I thought we was going to be on site at the concerts and stuff. That's like, no, Gene. You talking about next, we- next week? Yeah, like all Are we week. not going to be there? No, I'm going on, tu- I'm going on Tuesday, <laughs> look, look. and Jay and Earl are going on Wednesday. Look, see, look. There's like, I thought we was doing no, the show for No, no, no. They said, no, no, no. You, we going. You not going. Oh, <laughs> okay. I, I, when he just said, because he just messed me up, I was sitting there like, man, what, next week? Nah, I got to nah. go there. Look, look, Tybus was like, let me look at my schedule yeah, really quick. Schedule. No, Listen, I know Tybus needs to schedule in, in advance now, but yeah. Tybus, you, you are good. You're coming in normal. Do not worry. It'll be a normal show for you. Hey, you, you dirty. Yo, dirty. You, know what? you know what? You know what? Sublimi- you a subliminal. You know what? Jay-Z is he crazy, ain't he? He crazy. Uh, you know what's cool? cool. Good, good, you know what? I'm petty like that, too. <laughs> I'm petty just like that. So, I, I feel you. You ain't say nothing wrong. <laughs> oh. hey, uh, that was, you had to be a little pre-show meeting to get that yeah. one. But, uh, no, let's pivot to the next topic here. We got some cap stuff coming up here. We're going to talk about Monty Bates in a stack. But first, let's start with Jared Allen. There has been some rumors after the Cavs free agent signings. They're not rumors, but at least reports out there that the Cavs seem to be more open to at least having the discussion on whether or not to trade Jared Allen if the right offer comes along. <laughs> they're not saying they're shipping him. He's not in the trading block, but at least now they're open to listening if teams want to make a move for number 31. So before we bring on Evan Damerill from Lockdown Cavs to talk to Monty Bates, <laughs> do you guys think Jared Allen will be on this Cavaliers roster on opening night in either October or November, whenever the Cavs officially start the upcoming season. Yes, he will be. Um, you know what? You know what? Please excuse my sweat, y'all. I'm not. <laughs> it is what it is. I, this is why you shouldn't wear gray. It's hot in here. Yeah, it is kind of hot. So it, <laughs> studio lights. Studio lights are hot. People don't realize. Studio yeah, it's kind of hot. <laughs> I had. I was dehydrated <laughs> below my lower body, yeah. so I had to wear some shorts. Dark colors from now on. But anyways. Just deal. Don't focus on me. Don't be looking down here. That's y'all problem. Y'all looking at the wrong things. Focus here. I've come to. <laughs> Steve uh, is so good. Hey, with little camera hey, hey, that was subliminal too. Look at this slow. Look at this slow crawl in. <laughs> all right, all right. This is serious. Let's be serious here. <laughs> Steve, Steve, stop playing. All right, listen. So I was against the Jared. The Jared. Ellen DeGeneres. I can't get it out. And her show off. Steve, take the camera back. Back it up, please. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Earl, get it together. This is We got to be professional here. All right. So I was against Jared Allen because of the playoff thing. And I was all for, you know, they needed to trade him and whatnot. 
But to be fair, I started to think back on how the season went and when Evan Mobley was at the five. If you trade Jared Allen, essentially you're saying Evan Mobley go to the five. And I'm not sure that I'm ready to say that he's ready to play the five yet. You know, why was he a defensive player of the year? Well, partially because he had Jared Allen in the middle. You know, he was coming back backside blocking <clears throat> shots and doing things like that. He's a great defender. I don't know on a night in a night out basis. He is a five. So with that being said, I think that the Cavs need to be more strategic. I'm not saying you need to trade Jared Allen at all. What I'm saying is you need to get a center in there that can shoot or a, a power forward that can shoot where you can rotate him out, use him sparingly because he is still effective defensively and you do harp on being one of the best defensive teams. <clears throat> so I wouldn't necessarily say get rid of him. I just would say you need to find a way to get another center in there that can that can provide you some offense and you have to switch them out in and out the rotation and that's why and be able to per, uh, go against teams <clears throat> in the playoffs. So I talked about this yesterday uh, when I, hosted, <clears throat> I actually talked about this very topic. To answer the question straight up, yes, I think he will be on the roster, but I am somebody that believes that Ka the Cavs should actually explore trading Jared Allen, and here's why. When you look at what the Cavs did in free agency, right, you added shooters, you added a backup big man, you added a backup point guard, and to me, the foundation of this team is Evan Mobley, uh, Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, and you want to be able to build out your core around your foundation. And to me, that looks like that finding pieces and parts that complement your foundation. You did that when you got Max Struess. You did that when you got George Yang. You did that when you got Todd Jerome. And then you get Damian Jones to be a backup. So let's just hypothetically say we could put this in a pyramid, right? And put it in different tiers. Jared Allen is not a bad basketball player. Jared Allen brings a lot of good things with him. Let's say he's a tier two center. He's a glue guy. Okay, but if I can trade my tier two center and I get a tier three or tier four center that better complements my foundation, then I owe it to my foundation to do so, right? If that makes any sense to anybody up here. I just think that with the pieces that you already added and you already know what your foundation pieces is, every move that you make needs to be about building around that foundation. And if you can find somebody that can better complement Evan Mobley when he does a finally move to the five, then I think you do so. And if you can find somebody that's silly enough to give you an up-and-coming wing player and let's say a tier three wing and a tier three or a tier four center that can shoot a little bit for Jared Allen, then you do it because he's not part of your long-term foundation to me. You know, I, you know, I could go both ways on this this situation, but I, I look at it like this: when you definitely have shooters now, what can you do? Um, if the Cavs like their defense that they they really hang their hat on, they were the number one defensive team in the regular season. They seem to like that. Um, they seem to think that that's what their identity is. Jared Allen is a big part of that identity. One of the things that you can do is you don't you don't necessarily have to get rid of Jared Allen in order to, to you know do some things to make your, your your spacing better if you decided to keep Jared Allen and say we just not gonna start you okay Jared Allen has never Jared Allen's coming off the case come off the bench in his in in his career before and you still have a shot blocker Evan Mobley that could play five and a shot blocker and in, in, uh, in, in what you talking about with uh, Jared Allen coming off the bench and you know, Tyvis says you, you don't know if Mobley's ready to play the five position. You know, everything is about small ball now anyway. Like, everybody is playing small except for, like, Joker 
and, 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 and the Denver Nuggets and, and you know, the Philadelphia 76ers is playing kind of big, but but most teams is going small anyway. So, you know, if you look at it from a perspective, you can find somebody else to throw in there. The spacing is much better now. Now, what you can do in a playoff <laughs> series, you can play different rotations and different small lineups. I got, I could put Struess, I could put Niang out there, I could put Evan Mobley at the five. If I want to go to all defensive lineup, that, and we need to stop somebody, I could play the, the, the lineup with a Coral, Jared Allen, and, and Mobley out there. And if you start Mobley at the five, you're going to give him a lot of lot more space to work around in the paint because you don't got to do just standing out there. Now you got Mobley in the box in the high pick and roll. Now guess what? I could he get the ball, he can kick it out. He got shooters in the corners now. Now he got the ability to be able to maximize his his maximize his growth as an offensive player. Now if you telling me you could go get you somebody that's going to be a stretch four or another three. Um, that's going to be elite and we can get them for what we can get them for with Jared Allen and maybe a couple other moves here or there. I'm all for it. I'm aggressive as hell. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. But that, that y'all two <clears throat> moves don't concern y'all from a rebounding aspect. Like if you trade them for a wing or, you know, somebody like that, y'all, uh, y'all don't, it's a valid think, point, Ty. y'all don't think that cause you, it's not like Evan Mobley is just snatching 20 boards. No, no. And it's not like he's the biggest person in the world. So are y'all okay with giving up rebounding? Not necessarily, but but that's what you're doing. I think for me, any trade scenario will bring a big man back. That's of lesser value, right? Mm-hmm. But that's a better fit to with whatever that that can play off of Evan Mobley. Th- th- it's not the thing is it's not Jared Allen is bad. Okay, let's no, let, no we let, all like, agree let, on that. That's not what it is. The right. problem is that they got punked. That's what happened. Because Mitch Robinson is not great, but he was all, he was well, a dog in the paint. He was crabbing. He, well, was, me, he was effective in blocking shots and grabbing boards. Let's ask if I we think, can get Jared Allen to just do that in the playoffs. We we talk we singing a different tune. I think we got Evan here. Let's let's get him in. Well, on we this. got Evan and we got Evan on today to talk a little money base. But Evan, we're we're having this discussion. We might as well. Mm-hmm. You're a Cavaliers uh, insider. You cover the team for Locked On Cavs. This is Evan Damrell of Locked On Cavs. Join us now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Evan, real quick, and Tyvis, do you want to ask him the question you were about to ask, and then we'll get into the Imani Bates stuff? But we have the Cavs reporter. We might as well ask him and bring him in on the conversation. Oh, he didn't hear it. Uh, do you think they want to they want to get rid of Jared Allen for wings mm-hmm. and three people that shoot threes and stuff like that? Would you be okay with doing that, knowing that Evan Mobley will be at the five and you giving up that rebound? So you have to be comfortable with Evan Mobley playing the five first and foremost. Like, is he big enough? Can he handle it? He showed flashes of it when Allen was out with that eye injury, and he looked great in that spot. But my thing is, is just I think Jared Allen is just more valuable to Cleveland than he is probably to the rest of the league because he does have a legitimate impact on defense, especially just because he can roam the paint and protect the rim and allow Evan Mobley to do a lot of the stuff Evan Mobley does well on defense, which is just a little bit of everything. And I agree. Like you need that shooting touch. You need that spacing. I think George Niang adds a little bit of that. I think hopefully Dean Wade finds a shot too. And maybe you can find a little bit of something, but 
The issue is, you mentioned a wing that can shoot three-pointers and uh, maybe play passable defense to work in a J.B. Bickerstaff system. Like, those are premium commodities in basketball, and unfortunately, Jared Allen is kind of a part of a dying breed for the big man. Where he doesn't shoot threes, he can provide you rebounding, paint protection, and interior points off of his guards passing to him. But, like, other than that, like you're not going to get a ton for him. And I know I, I kind of heard G. Bush talking about maybe getting like some first round picks or some wings or just give you some ammunition to work with. And yeah, that, that could be out there, but the Cavs aren't going to get like a Donovan Mitchell level re- return, or they're not going to get what Utah got for Rudy Gobert. And the problem is like teams that maybe are interested in him also may not be so quick to part with their wings as well. And to your point about the rebounding thing, it's interesting because it's just the question on what do you expect from Evan Mobley and what is he looking like? Uh, this summer and heading into next season like he did come back into last season noticeably bigger does he come back even bigger and stronger than before or does he say you know what I'm going to focus more on being a four and focus on my shot instead so it's a lot of questions and I think I just put a pin in it for now like I know people are probably saying like yeah let's go make an upgrade because the time is now but you had a pretty successful season and now you're just kind of having more than five viable players in the postseason is probably the first step and then you kind of see what you have as the season rolls along. Evan, let's pivot really quickly to uh, Imani Bates. He mm-hmm. um, spoke to the media first, uh, media availability. It seemed like uh, on the internet, I think the clip was like four minutes or so, but, mm-hmm. you know, behind the scenes, there was a little more footage that, that the, the Cavs didn't actually have out there uh, on the internet. You were at the uh, availability. What did you hear? Um, and what were your thoughts about some of the comments that he made or, or you know, just impression of what he said? You can tell he's a he's a young kid who's had to deal with a lot of pressure his entire life. I wrote about this actually today, just previewing Summer League. He was 15 years old when he was called the next Kevin Durant, and he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And then he reclassified and was 17 years old as a freshman in college, expected to do all these great things and be the first overall pick in the upcoming draft. And even though he wasn't old enough, there was expectations with that. And... He didn't meet those expectations, and then the public perception of him slipped and flipped quite a bit. And, yeah, he he did a lot of not great things off the court, and I think uh, it's not apples to apples. Everyone's situation is unique to them. But when you're 17, 18 years old, I did a lot of dumb stuff when I was 17, 18 years old. Um, I mean, not, like, to the extent that Amani did, but still, like, people maybe were just overplaying that too much. And during his availability – He had mentioned that just like at his time at Memphis and his time at Eastern Michigan, like a little bit of the joy from basketball went away from him just because there was so much pressure and so many expectations and the spotlight was constantly on him. And I think it is humbling at least because he said he took it in stride, but it's humbling at least to go from a guy that was projected to be the next generational prospect to possibly a first round pick and then tumble all the way to the back end of the second round. Like he said, this is the best week of his life so far in Cleveland, just because he's finally out of the spotlight and he can just go do what he wants to do. And that's play basketball. And I think Cleveland's coaching staff is very conducive and mindful of that. He's admitted like, Hey, I haven't been great on defense. And I need to be better at that. Um, I need to get bigger and stronger because <laughs> just looking at him physically he's such a such a tall human being but he's so so thin and he's like i'm 182 right now i want to get up to 195 just so i can kind of handle the rigors of playing the three or the four and uh, i'm interested to see what he looks like in summer league i I think he's gonna be a bit of a project a bit of a work in progress because he's so young and i think just kind of raw and there's a lot of untapped potential there but being in a system or at least a culture that is conducive to growth and kind of being around coaches that just will set you up for success and teammates that will set you up for success 
will do a lot of good things for him. And yeah, that, that soundbite of him saying, like, I lost my joy at Memphis and Eastern Michigan, and I've kind of refound it pretty quickly in this week at uh, in Cleveland so far. Like, he's like, I love every second of this. He's like, I'm just grateful I have the thing I love most back in my life. Do you think that J.D. Bickerstaff is the, the right man in charge to, you know, get this team over the hump and obviously develop a kid like Imani Bates? So that's a fair question. So in Imani Bates' situation, he'll likely sign a two-way deal with Cleveland. He may see some time on the floor for the Cavs, whether it's a blowout or they are just resting a bunch of guys just for a certain night. But he'll, he'll more often than not, uh, whoever's coaching the charge next year, whether it's Mike Garrity or they bring in somebody new just to get that experience, he'll be spending a lot of time with the charge next year, just focusing on his player development, uh, focus on like his God-given strength and ability because he's just so lanky and long. But he's just such a pure shooter. you got to refine that and kind of get him. And this is something he stressed. He's like, I want to become more of a movement shooter. I just don't want to be a guy who stands in isolation or has to spot up. Like, I want to be a guy who keeps defenses moving uh, and kind of feed off the gravity of my teammates. And to your point, JB, I think, is a great guy. I think he's a great coach. I think he has his finger on the pulse of this locker room. I think the pantsing the Cavs suffered in the playoffs makes you want to kind of question the legitimacy of everyone. I know, like, we're almost two months removed at this point. So it's fair to question like what's working and what's not working with this team. I, I wouldn't say, hey, fire him if they lose four or five games in a row to start the season, or maybe they kind of come out rougher than expected. But let's say heading into the mid, like we're around the all-star break. And I give David Griffin credit for this because he just knew David Blatt wasn't the guy. Like if it's just like the vibe doesn't seem right. Yeah. Then maybe you pull the plug on it. Or if, you're able to ride this out long enough and the Cavs flame out again in the postseason, then he say, yeah, I, I don't think he's the guy that can take you all the way. But he, he's so young, JB. Um, he doesn't have a ton of experience. I know he did coach the Harden Rockets that one year in the playoffs, and they lost uh, in a best of five. And it's fair, again, fair to question everything about this team. I know you guys are just debating Jared Allen. Like, there's a lot of debate about him um, just because he got bullied by Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle, and Josh Hart in the playoffs. So... I think the Cavs themselves just have to answer all these questions and kind of drown out as much of this noise as possible. And we'll see what we have, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 games into the season. Hey, Evan, I believe that Ty Jerome was probably the sneakiest free agent signing uh, in the NBA so far this offseason. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's the Cavs' primary backup point guard this season? That's a great question. I think it's a great signing, too. I think it's even more clever of Cleveland just to price him out just enough so Golden State couldn't afford him. I think that's just like, you know, yeah, a little gamesmanship, uh, <laughs> even though it's not on the court. But Ty Jerome is an interesting player. I think Cavs fans, when they remember that really beat-up Warriors team came into town and smacked them, um, Ty Jerome was a big catalyst of that. And I, I don't know if he'll be the backup point guard per se, just because Ricky Rubio does have that track record, clout, and most importantly, trust with JB. But if Rubio's shot just isn't working or it just isn't functioning out there, I think, yeah, you give Ty Jerome Ricky Rubio's minutes and let him play off of a guy like Karis LeVert, who you want to empower to be like your sixth man and be your lead guard off the bench, or he can be creative in lineups such like one of Donovan Mitchell or Darius Garland and Levert, and you just give more spacing to this team and more shooting options, so you can allow your big guys to have room down low, you can have your allow your guards to drive to the basket and either get contact or kick it out to a guy like Jerome, who's a reliable three-point shooter. Yeah, I think it's a sneaky good signing. He fits in with the timeline the team's building, and... 
right now, like, I don't say, like, yeah, you give him minutes in the rotation. JB's a guy who goes eight, maybe nine deep. And right now I have Ty's room, like, penciled in as, like, the ninth man for this Cavs team with um, Levert and Yang and either Okoro or Struis, depending on who starts ahead of them. Evan, man, we thank you so much. We'll talk to you as the season goes on. I'm interested in checking out the Summer League, and we'll be looking for your work as well. Thank you, guys. Take care. All right. Take care. Awesome. Thanks, Evan. W- one thing Evan mentioned in that that I want to I hit on again here, or I'm going to let you start, was the Bates comments of falling out of love with basketball or starting to fall out of love <clears> while <throat> he was at Eastern Michigan and Memphis and now refining that love. Earl, did, thoughts on, on the comments and how it was portrayed? So when I came in this morning, uh, me and McNuggets talk about it. Can I see uh, Evan's tweet again before I make my comments? Because I think I asked Mike I wanted to see the full context of what he had to say before I gave my thoughts on it. There you go. Amani Bates shared with us that he lost his love for basketball after his time at Memphis and Eastern Michigan, but his joining the Cavs has re-sparked his love for the game, mostly because he's out of the spotlight and can hoop. It's been the best week of my life, quote. From All right, Bates. so this is authentically how I feel. I know, like, we've been playing around, but I'm, I'm dead serious when I say this, right? Nobody in this world likes a liar but you can't tell everybody the truth, right? Imani Bates came into this situation to where we heard Jason say he didn't spoke to four or five NBA teams. Nobody has anything good to say about him. Nobody believes that he's going to develop into being anything, that he's never going to fulfill his potential. You got a lot of people that's still talking about him being a head case, being immature. Dude has a target on his back, right? I appreciate him being authentic, but... The truth is, nobody likes a liar, but you can't be honest with everybody, man. Some people will take that and use it against you. There are people already, man, and I'm not saying everybody in the media is like this, but when you've already made up your mind about somebody or you got a pre-concluded determination of how somebody is and they come and say something like that, that's clickbait that can be used against them. That's something that can work, work against his mental focus, work against the energy, etc. So to me... I just felt like he would have been better off not saying that at all. I'm right there with you. I mean, it's just one of those things that, you know, sometimes I I like the authenticity as well. I mean, that's really where a lot of society connects with people that can, that's not afraid to be their true selves in front of the camera. But I think that was just too much information. I mean, you know, that's something that, you know, later in life, after you've had a good season, you know, you bought and you've overcome the odds. Then you sit down on a talk show on somebody's podcast. You'd be like, you know what, man? You know, I actually lost my love for basketball when I played for Memphis and Eastern Michigan, you know, but I ended up finding it back with the Cavs. But I don't think – I just think it was a little early to give that information out because, like Earl's saying, a lot of people is going to judge you. Everybody's already looking at you with the side eye, and you're just giving them more ammunition. Now, like I said, you go out there and ball, it don't. In the grand scheme of things, if you handle your business, none of it matters, but – I just think we got to do a better job of knowing when to say certain things. You know, I just think <clears throat> we need to take a step back and just look at the circumstances that surround the situation. You, you, you know, you get a kid that's on the cover of Sports Illustrated from the time that you five, six years old. You got people that you don't know if you can trust them. You don't know if you got people that's in your corner because they want something. Your parents look at you different because you 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 different. You you different from your, your brothers and sisters because you got the golden ticket. Then you reclassify at 17. I think people don't understand that, you know, the the regular 
the, the human mind as a as a physiological and, and, and emotional person, you're not even your mind is still developing at 25. So take a person that's 16, 17, moving away from home, going to play at a strange place that you don't know nobody. All people expecting you to be the craziest person in the world. You dealing with the fact that you you skipped your senior year of high school. You don't have nobody really that's there. You get in trouble. So now you didn't got in trouble. Now it's like, oh my goodness. I, now, now it's like I didn't let all these people down. I done went from Memphis to, to Eastern Michigan. And trust me, like I know what it is to be recruited by high schools. And then all of a sudden, they're like, you went to a Mac school. How'd you go to a Mac school? Like, what happened? Why I thought you was going this way. So now you get a situation where now he's there. He goes to a Mac school. And we, when you are, when you have those many expectations in life, we, we don't know how everybody handles that, right? Like, so if you 16, 17 years old, I can understand if you lost your passion for the game. At the end of the day, I can understand as anybody losing their passion. There's times where, where I play for coaches and I've been in positions that made my life a living hell. I was at Ohio University and I said, I hate this. You know why? We're losing. Our coaches don't know what they're talking about. And we went 1-12. I don't like doing this. And that's a part of you being older, right? But what you have what, what you have is, okay, I felt like that. The first step in being a mature person and getting past certain things is understanding where I was at, where I went wrong, so I don't get back there anymore. And the first step is saying, you know what? I'm thankful for having this opportunity because now I did get drafted. Now I, I can see being around this environment and these people, I can grow. But the first step is admitting to yourself, I would have been more horrified if he would have said, oh, nothing was, everything was cool. I was straight. Because then I would question, well, if you thought that was okay and you was comfortable with that, then not, we might have to strip this down and get to with the root of the problem. But I think it was refreshing for the young man to tell his story and to, and to give his truth. And at the end of the day, he's always going to get, we're going to get media people that scrutinize stuff anyway. At the end of the day, that's what we do. Our job and a lot of what this job is, uh, as Earl did say, people will take that and use it against you. That's the media. That's that's for us. That's what we do. At the end of the day, you don't worry about that. If that's your truth, you work on your truth, you work on your game, and now you insulate it to a point where now you can get back to just playing basketball and doing you and building yourself back up. But I don't have a problem with it. He's 17, 18 years old. He'll get better. He'll learn how to do media training. But I think the first step was him, him opening up to the people and saying, I'm a real person. These are some of the things I struggle with. Now let's see if this organization can help me with that. Well said. I think all fair points. I think all fair points. And on the Bates thing, sometimes authenticity can make you more appealing may not be the right way to put it, but more Relatable. Build a deeper connection quicker. Relatable is the word. Put it to you this yeah. way. You, it'll make you more respected. It might not necessarily make you more liked. Yeah, you can respect him for And here's what I'm going to say about this too. You know what? And, and this is sometimes you do this in the media a lot too. You'll say, all right, you just heard the young man say that. The one thing that I took away from those, I, I, one thing I took away from his, his press conference is that he just was saying, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. Like, yes, ma'am. Like, yes, ma'am. Every, yes, every, every reporter, to, every to reporter. point, he responded to every reporter, yes, ma'am, or yes, sir. And and, and I, it reminded me, oh, you 41. 
that, that's still a kid. Like he didn't, he like he he like he he. It was like his first day of school, really, and it really was cool because I was sitting there watching him, and I'm like, man, this is really cool because that sh- he was just happy somebody wanted him. Yeah, he was happy. You know what that is? Yeah, at her, I was I was not wanted he, he, seven right. rounds by thirty two. T- <laughs> right, and so when somebody called, but you when that phone when that phone rang after that draft, ooh, we to add on to that, ooh, yeah, he wanted. I don't know how it is to be drafted or to be wanted or nothing like that, but I do know how it feels to be like a head case and to be counted out, right? Mm-hmm. And so you put both of those things together, like hell yeah, he's happy to be in the NBA. Yeah, he do feel rejuvenized. Yeah, he do feel refreshed, and maybe he did fall back in love with the game. This dude has been through a lot, and he's only 19 years old. Mm-hmm. And you got to, like, just couple those two things together, that you went from being this highly recruited high school player at 17 years old to at 19 years old, don't nobody believe that you're going to be in the NBA, and they think you're going to be playing in Europe in two or three years. Yeah, you, see what, you see what I'm saying? So, like, those two things combined, to me, I think that's that's – He's humble, man, and like life will humble you like that. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And, and I think for me as a, as a media member, sometimes when you hear somebody talk, you take a step back and say, okay, as me hearing that, I heard him say, look, I just need some time, get his head straight, get his mind straight, get his body straight. I'm not going to push. And if you're the organization, you don't want to have triggers, right? It seemed to me like if I was around this young man, the pressure of him being who he was supposed to be is a thing. And that pressure dictates how you act on and off the court. So if it's me, I'm like this. Hey, take your time, dog. Take your time. If you want to do some, hey, if you want to play, you know, for the charge, so be it. If you just need a little time to, you know, figure out the offense, hang around the guys, I put, I will put him with. I put him with a guy like Evan Mobley because you know why Evan Mobley is a guy that was thrusted into the position top four pick. They saying you're going to be a unicorn. You know, that's another thing like they waiting on. We waiting on Evan Mobley to turn into Kevin Garnett. What type of pressure is that like and everybody is saying it too. So put these young guys together and I think that's the reason why the Cavs said for better or worse. The Cavs got a bunch of group of guys on that team between Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, uh, Ricky Rubio. These dudes really got like some of the best character out of any guys in the NBA. Like if you wanted a guy who thought he was not going to be able to do something or have some checkered pass, the best place for him to be is there. Like surrounding them because at least they can tell him well, look bro Cleveland is a city of rehab. I, I, I feel that I keep saying I that. feel that like not to, 90% I feel what you're saying right but just because these dudes is high character dudes and they straight and narrow don't necessarily mean they're suitable to be the right mentor for them because sometimes man you need somebody that can actually relate to where you've been at relate to what you're going through Jared Allen might not be able to get on his level and if he can't get on this level how can he seriously help him you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one thing to be a stand-up dude and to just have it all figured out, but sometimes, man, you need somebody that's that's been through it, right? That that that's actually suitable based on their own life experiences to say, "Hey, man, you tripping? I know how this is." You know, me, I got a big pet peeve about people trying to tell me something and you ain't never walked in my shoes. So how you know? You know what I mean? 
And I just feel like that, I don't know who's like that on this team, but he probably needs somebody like that as a mentor. Not somebody that's necessarily that's always been straight up and down and never got in trouble. Maybe you need somebody who then overcame a few things that can help you as, as go on your journey. Because it's not always about like, you know, what's right or what's wrong. It's about what's suitable. As, all, all well said, Amani Bates, for better or worse, will be the most talked about 49th pick in recent memory. And I promise you, <laughs> and we thank Amani Bates because we get a lot of content out of what he's done. We're going to get a lot of content out of his summer league games. When is the summer league so game? We appreciate it. Summer league game starts on Friday on, at man. 8.30. And guess what? At Friday around 5 o'clock, we'll be doing the second edition of the Behind the Glass podcast, previewing the Cavs summer league and Amani Bates. So make sure you check that out. Friday, 5 o'clock. We got I'm, two things we got to get to in the 16 final. 16 points, I'm guaranteeing. Go ahead. 16, I'm guaranteeing. We're going to get to that on Friday. <laughs> We're going to do some previews. They got they got some other interesting guys in that Summer League roster. They I got do, a lot yeah. of guys who can ball. It should be a fun Summer Jeez, League team, and that Cooper. sets up perfectly for Imani Bates at this current stage. The Guardians, though. Two things on the Guardians. Three things on the Guardians. One, if you're at the game tonight, come say two. what's up to us. Me, Steve, Anthony, and Earl will be there. Come find us. Come say what's up. Two, the Guardians continue to be a roller coaster of emotions. Emmanuel Classe blew his third straight save last night in what was another shaky uh, appearance, but David Fry played the role of hero. And now we're headed into a rubber match tonight. If the Guardians can pull off a series win against the Atlanta Braves, mm. how big would that be for this team as they approach the All-Star <clears throat> It'd be, it'd be huge. I mean, <laughs> it'd be nice to to beat a team like that in the series. I mean, that gave you the confidence that you need. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I watch I've watched both games against the Atlanta Braves and it continues to be the same thing. You know, it's uh, the first one after the first game when we lost, you know, Tito said in the press, he <laughs> says we out hit them, but they hit the ball further <laughs> than us. And that's literally <laughs> what it is. Like they hit home runs when they get up there. Like when they when they hitters come up, they hit. Now, I mean, they had a guy hit two home runs in the first game, and I'm just like, their nine hitter hit yeah, two home runs. Yeah, I'm just sitting game. there like, this is. If we had, it made the game exciting. It's just like I, if the Guardians could do these. Like I seen then game two last night. I'm watching it, and we had like two of them go off the back wall. I'm like, y'all just. I, I'm almost ready to say y'all need to be on the juice, but I ain't gonna say that. I'm not gonna say that. I just I want y'all to do things the right way, but it still was an exciting game. I mean, Rosario came through like he does. Now it's gonna take him like ten games to do it. He, he, for ten games, he ain't gonna do nothing. But when he come through, that man come through in the clutch. He brought in a lot of runs, and obviously David Fry hit the the walk off to win the game in the end. So it made it a really good game, but it was a little shaky. I mean, Bieber started off hot. You know, I, well, it was a little shaky in the first first inning, but he ended up giving up no runs. I go outside to go go by the pool. I come back. We was up two to nothing when I left. We down four to two. So I'm like, what's going on there? And it just it was a wild game. But the good thing I can say is that the Guardians are resilient and they continue to fight towards the end. But to win against the Atlanta Braves, one of the hottest teams in the in baseball, it would be huge for them to give them that confidence boost, and they just need to continue to find a way to hit and get the ball out of the park. I mean, yesterday you snapped the Braves' nine-game winning streak. Everybody know the, the Atlanta Braves is, is damn near the best team in baseball. No yeah. correction, they are the best team in yeah. baseball. So you win this game, you win this series. Listen, you won back in Minnesota. You got Kansas City coming to town tomorrow. I think Minnesota is traveling to play Baltimore, so they got a tougher series than what you have. This will do 
to me, this will go a long way in propelling your momentum and, and just the energy going forward throughout this season. You mentioned Ahmad, Ahmad Rosario, five-game hitting streak. Last five In the last five games, he's batting 417 with 10 RBIs. Steven Kwan, same thing. He got eight hits in his last five games, batting 421. So we can get the rest of the bats going. Um, we've been right there with Atlanta this entire series, right? Mm-hmm. You look at the uh, the first game. Every game uh, the one thing that impressed me, Gavin Williams come up, man, and he's he, three up, three down. He had. Man, and and, he and the crazy it. thing about that is, man, Atlanta is known for putting runs on the board in the first inning. You know, that didn't happen. We hung right in there with them all the way through it. I thought Miles Straw had a very bad at bat in the bottom of the eighth. He had a 3-1 count, and you just swinging at everything. That could have kept the momentum going. If Bull was here, he would have told you he's not shot. Yeah, I know. But then you, <laughs> you, you come back, you come back, you win that game. The great, way that outfield, you did. great outfielder. Great yeah, outfielder. Gun, gun dude down at but, the plate. But you come back and you win that game yesterday in a fashion that you did, and I think, like, tonight is going to be a toss-up. I mean, neither one of these pitchers is nothing to write home about. So, uh, Qua- Kyle Con- oh, but, but I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to see. I don't want to see none of these old dudes. The Savalis, oh, the Quantros, uh, 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 the Stephens. I don't want to see none of these old dudes. These old dudes is junk ball pictures. Those old, old dudes are all like 26 years old. You just hey, but, hey, look, they got old old guy arms. Oh, I don't, I don't, listen, if you're not if you're not one of the three, <sighs> I, I'm not excited about it. And here's the thing too. Mm, you mm. asked the question. You said in the long in, 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 is this, you know, is this going to spark you? No, it's not. <laughs> of course it's not uh, at all. Not you. No, nah, I mean, <laughs> that's what 50, 500 is mediocre. You know, you Rosario, he does his thing. And then while Rosario's doing his thing with hits, all of a sudden, hmm, uh, Arias can't hit, hit he can't hit a, a fastball. You, you got, hey, Quan is balling. <laughs> That's great. But Bell's not doing anything. So, yeah, every, yeah, 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 uh, when you're talking about <laughs> getting on the same page at the same time, they're just, me, they're just mediocre at the plate. That's just it is what it is. You're going to get some sparks here, some spurts here. It, are they going to, you know, put a 20-game winning streak together? No, they're not going to do that. You wouldn't be excited for them to win a series against the Braves? No. Yes, you. Yes, you're you lying. Yes, you like, come on, man. Like, the Braves is the best team in baseball. Like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be excited about that. This, that the Guardians, that the mediocre Cleveland Guardians beat the best team in baseball in a three-game series. No. At home. You yes, know what? You, you know what? Yes, you, you would. You know what? You know what? And we, potentially we could you move know back in the me, first you place. You know what? You know what would get me happy? Hmm. Being five games over first place. That's what five games over over five hundred. Well, guess what? It can start with tonight. I'm not looking. You catch me three games after the start. <laughs> I'm not looking for the start. We've been doing this all it year. It already started. Hey, hey, last Mc, McNuggets, we've been doing this all year. They get they, they get 12 runs. Is this the start of the Guardians batch? Right, what is our next? Can I be the voice of reason here? Who is our next team after the birth? Kansas City. We like the Royals. Oh, yeah, come on, man. Here's here's how I think you should look at it. I think G is right. I don't think it, in the grand scheme of things, it matters a ton, especially with a extended break coming up for the All-Star break in four games. However, the Braves don't lose many games, and they very rarely lose series. And okay. I do think, at least from the mental aspect of this team, that is a team that kills you by paper cuts. It's singles, 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 an occasional extra base hit compared to a team like Atlanta that hits, hits home runs left and right. If you can put together two wins against a team like this, 
especially last night where you come from behind after Classe blows the save. You were in it on Monday in the first game. If you could find a way to win this game, it does give you that little bit of, hey, you know what? Maybe we're not as far off, which we've all said many times, but sometimes in the clubhouse, and even in locker rooms, sometimes you need that weird spark to make yourself believe it more than people from the outside. Your coaches are always like, yeah, you got that extra step. And I'm like, uh, yeah, but if I run a suicide again, I'm not going to get that 9-4. I'm probably going to get that 9-6. You need that extra step. So sometimes seeing it could actually portray into something a lot can, bigger. Can we all agree? Can we all agree? But it's not a World Series roster. Can we all agree that we 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 bend over backwards to give the Guardians their their coverage? Yes. They're not. I mean, no. <laughs> like not not even the coverage. We bend over backwards to find the silver lining in everything that they do. That's true. Like, yes. Yes. I, you, I, I don't see. I don't see how y'all see it, man. Again, I think y'all got unrealistic expectations, right? When I look at the Cleveland Guardians, I don't think the Cleveland Guardians is one of the best overall teams in baseball. I do think the Cleveland Guardians are the best team in the American League Central. So we sit up here and we talk about the Guardians being a roller coaster ride or being under 500, but you know what? They're good enough for the situation that they're in. And the situation that they're in, that they play in a weak division and they're arguably the best team in a weak division, right? So at the end of the day, if the Guardians make the playoffs, I don't care how they got there. It's just the <laughs> fact that they made the playoffs. That's true. And, and I'm being totally honest that with you. I can true. care less about them being under 500 or who they lost to I or, care how about they, that. or how they got there. It, it don't matter. I care about the 500. If, if we're under 500 and we division winners, that means we was the best of all the teams I, that was under 500. I get that, but, but, but I don't like so, that. So, so, <laughs> so what I'm saying is, man, the Guardians do just enough to, to get by. And you know what? If that's if that's well enough for their situation, that is well enough for their situation. I don't like their situation. My situation is I want to win. But you can't change their situation. That, you, you sure you can? Sure they can. They can see this is the thing. <laughs> sure they can. They can change their situation, but they did a good job of selling everybody in the world that they can't they can't change it. Now this is crazy. Now you 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 competitive in this division, right? And and they do this. They're all masterminds by this, bro. Because they, they're the smartest of the guys in propaganda. And what they'll tell you is, look what we've done with so little. Look at this. And we're more competitive than the other two teams in town. They the only they're the only team in town that have not mortgaged their future. And their future is what? <laughs> I don't know. Like, like, right. maybe, that's what I'm saying. Maybe they the should. I, I think the future is bright. I'm about to say with the pitching, with the pitching is bright. They didn't have the pitching. They didn't have. Let's watch this, McNuggets. They didn't have pitching for ten years, and they keep telling you that hey, we had Cliff Lee, we had CC Sabathia, we 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 have we Corey Kluber, we got Bieber, we got we got we got. Just two or three years ago, the Atlanta Braves had the worst record in baseball going into the or worst record in their division going into the All Star break, and they won the World Series. Couple years before that, the Washington Nationals, the same thing. Yes. So they got sticks. They, I don't know if they sticks. They got all sticks. Week. <laughs> Everybody I, sticks I, is better than these. No, sticks. I ain't talking about the letter That's true. this year. I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking about then. I, all, all I'm saying is, man, that the Guardian season is in parallel last year to what it is this year. Just get me to the playoffs with Tito as my manager. With 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 just all of that combined. You don't know what's gonna happen when you get there. Oh, I do. And like I told you, you last, don't. Like, no, you don't. No, you oh, don't. yes, you do. No, you don't. Oh, no, yes, you funny don't. Like that. Listen, oh, yes, you do. Baseball is funny like that. No, I you might don't. say, boy, sold me on that. Baseball might be the only playoffs where you really can't predict it. Oh, really? You gotta have medium sticks. They got the worst sticks of all time. <laughs> they beat the They beat the Rays last year. Guess with, what? With no sticks. And hey, guess what? 
They lost to the Yankees. Thank you very so much. What? Wait, you, did you think they was going to beat the Rays? Listen, that, that's a toss-up game. Oh, that's my point exactly. Because the Rays didn't Every, have six like they, that. You act like they got blown out by no, the Yankees. No, 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 no. Listen, no, here's the thing. You don't got to get blown out in baseball. You no, you act, get, you're not going you, to. You don't got to get blown out. In the playoffs, you're not here, going But to. here's the problem. <laughs> I, I ask every single baseball dude that come up in here <laughs> and they can't give me an answer. I say it. You tell me one team in the modern era who has not had any power and they de- they depend on stealing bases and getting singles <laughs> to win a World Series. That has never happened. Maybe why can't the Guardians can, be the can, first? Huh? You, you you really want to come back for 4 <laughs> 0? Why? Why can't we be the we first? We did it before. The cast was the first team in the NBA. We should come back for 3 0. This is what I'm talking I'm about. This is what I'm thinking of with your people. Anything can happen, man. Anything is possible, bro. <laughs> and that's the magic, and I salute y'all. Anything is possible. I, I salute, I salute the Guardians. Anything is possible. <laughs> y'all get off the Guardians' because, back, though. Because anything. Get off their back. They sell it better than Disney. Anything is possible. <laughs> anything is anything. possible. And, yeah. and guess what? They 500, they got 35,000. Is showing up. Shout out, salute. I don't. Y'all got crack in them hot dogs. McNuggets going tonight. They going tonight. And I'm going and, with it. And, 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 and I'm and going the, with it. And hey. the snacks on McNuggets. <laughs> hey, matter of fact, yeah, lose some them crack hot dogs. Let me two of them brats is like fifty fifty dollars. It was uh, it was dollar dog night on Monday in the eighth <coughs> inning. The line to get a hot dog was no joke, like eighty five people. Drew joints. I don't get. Listen, and this is no disrespect to anyone who bought 10, 15 hot dogs at dollar dog night. You realize you could just buy a pack of hot dogs at the grocery store for like it's, it's a six different. pack is three bucks. No McNuggets. It's not you. you no McNuggets. You ain't Take it moment. from three people <laughs> who on the panels whose mothers used to tell them no all the time. Yeah. Can I have some hot dogs? At no. Up? No. No, no. Hey, can I get some in the grocery store? No. no. Can I go? Can I ride in the front seat and then eat these Skittles? No. You know what? But, do you know what? It, do you know what the feeling is like when you finally get some money in your oh, pocket? Oh, Jesus. And your mama can't tell you. And what you can't tell you. you can't tell when you I got to the league and got my check, you know. I always wanted to buy something like on PlayStation. You know how 2K you can get like VC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I always wanted to buy it, and my and mom would be like, "Absolutely no. not." When I, boy, when I got that money, that hey, oh my god, I just or, wanted the experience. Or when the Jays, the Jays <laughs> came out. And it wasn't no, it wasn't no question in your heart if you was getting them. <laughs> oh that day. my god, bro! I got, I got one pair of shoes a year. That's when the school year started. <laughs> that was it. Yes. And they better, and they yep. better last you to the yep. next school year because that's your summer school. That's, that's your summer school too. too. That's so, a fact. But, but, but by the way, man, when you say, <laughs> when you say, why, why do you not buy a pack of hot dogs? Because when you were told no, you make it up for lost time. You understand them hot dogs is the same when you get home, but it's just the fact that I'm in the ballpark and I'm eating and what I, I want. And I can go do it. And I can go, I can, I can do go that. Do it. And can't nobody. And that's why I see wives. Wives, <coughs> trust me. The reason you get in, in arguments with your husband about money is not because he's not listening to you. It's because he's just proving a point. He's like, I refuse to have my mom tell me no from zero to 25. And then my wife get with me and tell me no from 25 to 50. No, no, I'm going to get these hot dogs. I thought it was 25 to life. I got certain people. (laughs) Certain people don't be next topic, man. Certain people don't be next topic. (laughs) Tyvis, with you on the panel next week, I promise the next time we're all together, we will do who would be the best recruiter of any UCSS panelists? I promise you we will do that oh, with you. Yeah, we almost out of time. But yeah, we, we got five minutes left, and we have something with Earl out there we have to do. Hey, Earl, this no, is no, my no, first no. ever interview. Let me set it up. Let oh, me set it up, Earl. Uh, you got a package? did his first ever <laughs> gotta... on-camera interview okay. at Greg Newsom's charity softball event. 
We got a one-on-one -on -one with AJ Green in 60 seconds. So we're going to listen. We're going to learn a little bit about AJ you Green. Nervous. I was nervous. And then we are going you to uh, teach Earl nervous. some of the tricks and traits that he can implement on his next one. So <laughs> here we go. I Earl, are you ready to see your debut? I'm watching the tech. Anybody laugh at me, I'm pulling Let's up. Let's hit it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> shoot. So delicious. <laughs> it's your boy Earl Pearl here with the Ultimate Cleveland Sports, uh, at the, with the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, live at Greg Newsom Celebrity Softball Charity Event. I got Cleveland Browns defensive back AJ Green with me. AJ, what's up, man? What's up, man? How you feel? I feel good, man. Happy right. to be here. So we're just gonna ask you 60, 60 seconds. Uh, have some fun questions for you. First question: PS5 or Xbox? Uh, I'm a big PS5 guy. Uh, I kind of left F Xbox uh, back a while back when I was a kid, but big PS5 guy now. What's the game that you playing the most right now on PS5? It's, it's down to Madden and Fortnite. Um, I'm kind of big on Fortnite, but uh, I also give out work in Madden, too. I'm happy to get my boy on that Call of Duty Warzone. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's a fun game. That's tough, though. That, that, that Warzone is real tough. There's a lot of sweats on there, too. What's your favorite restaurant in Cleveland? Uh, my favorite restaurant in Cleveland? Um, Jay down in the flats. Uh, that, that's a restaurant I just uh, found out about. It's like a steak and sushi spot. It's fire. All right, so I'm pretty sure you had a Cleveland staple by now. Polish boy or corned beef? Um, I actually haven't had the Cleveland staple yet. Um, if somebody knows which spot oh. I should go to to find out to try that Cleveland staple at, please let me know. All right, the final one from you. Chevy or Ford? I'm going to probably say Ford, Ford. I'm going to go with Ford. I'm going to go with Ford. I'm going to go with Ford. My boy got some skills, man. A.J. Green, Cleveland Browns quarterback. Earl, you get first dibs. How'd you do? I thought I thought it was probably like a six out of ten, and I was nervous. You could tell. I got this thing to where either I'm on TV or on radio, I tend to stumble over my words a lot. I don't know if I should go like take a speech class or just like roll with the authentic. That's just how it is. But I don't like listening to myself back, and I don't like watching myself back. Like that was not that good. You, Authenticity you, over everything. You'll get over. You you'll get over ha halfway through. Did you notice like he, like you asked him? I like the fact you kept it real with him, right? Like, he really asked him, like, Ford or Chevy. Like, that is like, a, like that's that's like, what's the name money? That's practice squad money. Like, he, AJ Green was like, dang, bro. I mean, I got, like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got a little something better than that. Like, when he wrote, AJ Green. When you got a Kia? No, AJ, mid-tier is, you, you get you a Jaguar or. I wonder what he drives. Or. Like I was, I was just trying to think off the top of my head and try to go with questions that McNuggets didn't ask. Like I'm a Chevy guy. I'm like, a Chevy guy. Like too. Chevy gang over everything yeah. at all times. You know what I mean? So I was just curious and like, I don't know. I just try to be personable with these dudes. They humans too, and I really don't think that they grew up with their mamas driving Rangers and Bugattis and things we, like we, that. Right. So. He probably, I wonder. <laughs> or you could have asked him. You could have asked him. See, half half this stuff to do off the top a 60 of your second, head. Second, man. Now time is one of sixty seconds. I want a sixty what you second with somebody, man. Hey, Let's do it right is, now. Look, <laughs> sixty seconds. Let's right? do it right now. <laughs> What's going on? I'm. It's your boy Tyrus Powell. I'm here with Earl the Pearl, one of the weekly producers for the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. You can also find him doing his radio thing as producing and whatnot. 60 seconds. You ready? Let's do this. All the right. clock starts as soon as you start talking. You got 31 seconds left. <laughs> Go. Really? Oh, Rihanna, Rihanna or Beyonce? Rihanna. Peanut butter and jelly or, tur or bologna? Peanut butter and jelly. Hot dog or burger? Burger. Fortnite, Call of Duty? Call of Duty. Madden or 2K? Uh, Madden. The Wood or Love of Basketball? Both. <laughs>
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The wood. <laughs> the next question is boxers or briefs. You can't ask that. I'm not asking that question. You can't ask I would do no so <laughs> Oh, thank y'all. That was my Three. boy Earl. The Make sure y'all check him out on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Peace. <laughs> so we want to do. We'll do a real tip, Earl. I told you right after. You got to get the microphone a little closer to the the, the interviewees. Yeah, he told face. me. Just, <laughs> I ain't gonna tell you. What, what, what you, what that you, ain't what he said. What sometimes, you, what he you, said what, sometimes you got to just set a mic in his in his face. You do. That's messed it up. It sounds a lot better. No, you do. You got to make sure you can pick him up. <laughs> <laughs> For real. But he did a good job. It was Earl. a good one. No, I, I was nervous. Shout out to McNuggets, though, bro. Every since I've been around him, man, he did taught me things in this game that I didn't know when I first got to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. That's crazy. Uh, he the, ain't taught me a thing. The, the other thing he told me, I was like, you know, we, we uh, what I say? We was reporting live. Oh, yeah. Earl, <laughs> if you go back and listen, Earl's like, I'm here live with AJ Green. Like, I'm like, Earl, this I'm here, I'm here live. Still live <laughs> I'm here live with AJ Green. Yeah. <laughs> McNuggets like, no, fam, no, you're not. No, you're not. McNuggets this is gonna come on. Nothing, this man. is for Christmas, Earl. This I, is for I've Christmas. I've been knowing McNuggets for a year. And, <laughs> City and a ain't taught me nothing, now. and he ain't taught me a thing. It's pretty much <laughs> that, man. You think you know a guy? Thomas, I, I will. I will give you a one-on-one uh, -on -one interviewing lesson whenever you want. Actually, you did a good job though. That, that sixty seconds with Earl was good. And also, some things. Some things, you know, you just be natural at. You know. Maybe you know what? If I'm doing Cardell softball game, maybe I just walk up to random people and just <laughs> practice my skills. No, nah, what we need to be doing is we need to be out in these streets talking to people, getting your 60 seconds off with these random fans running around here. Yeah. But 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 we gonna have McNuggets do it, and you know, but they, <laughs> McNuggets don't like you. Be like, bro, you be signing me up for a lot of work. Bro. Well, McNuggets, <laughs> McNuggets is the most popular one out of all of us. False. That everybody knows. No, McNuggets. no, no, that's true. Everybody, everybody know McNuggets. Everybody love McNuggets. You that man. McNuggets guy. He was in South Carolina. Yo, yo real, real quick. And I told McNuggets this. I was at the barbershop uh, last week. I, I'm getting out the chair. I'm uh, getting my lineup and things like that. And the dude just stared at me. <laughs> and he like, you the Earl of Pearl dude. He, you be on TV with Tyvis Powell. I'm a huge fan of Tyvis Powell. Oh, please. No, I'm dead serious, bro. I'm dead serious, man. What, what did he give you a reason? I don't know. He knew who you <laughs> yeah. was, though. Hey, man. Hey. I appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, listen, I, I try to you, do the best I can. I'll tell you what, like and this that. is, you know, we're going to wrap this up, man. <laughs> Shout out to uh, all the people that we lost in the rap game. We're going to wrap up the BT Awards <laughs> here for uh, Los Angeles. Peace, <laughs> love, and soul. Overtime. I got to roll. Listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today.